Nantasket Beach, how's everybody doing tonight? Awesome, awesome. This is great. This is the first time we've ever done a live podcast in front of an audience. For people who don't know, we do a podcast and a radio show on 100.1 WBRS-FM up by Gunrock Beach. So every Thursday night, Gunrock Beach, we are rolling. We are ready to go. But this is the first time we've had people here for it, and we're going to have a heck of an interview. We have a special guest with us. If you guys don't know about the group AIR, A-E-R, awesome. They were on the Billboard charts. They they toured. They played Xfinity Center in Mansfield. They've done a lot of stuff. And, and Carter Reeves is here with us tonight. He's one of the founding members of AIR, and he's doing some cool stuff. So without further ado, this is a whole house live audience podcast. Make some noise for Carter Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, the Happy about that introduction. Thank you. Welcome. I'm sitting there like, are we doing the introduction or am I just going to sit down with yeah, you Yeah, we'll go but big with it. Thank you. I appreciate it, Nikki. Absolutely. Carter, thanks for joining us. We are on Nantasket Beach and I believe you've been here before, right? I have. Yes. I surfed the beautiful one foot waves about 15 years ago and it was a damn good time. I should come back in the fall when the swell is actually good, but we'll see. Absolutely, but I mean, you got a lot of stuff on your plate. You're out in LA these days. You're working on music. Tell us a little bit about what you have going on, and and you know, kind of where you where you got to. Because obviously, like you know, we mentioned you're from Wayland, and you were doing air, and now you're doing solo music. So walk us through a little bit about where your career brought you to. Let me just disclaim: this live podcast is this is you're throwing an extra angle at me. It's like not only do I need to talk about my life, but I got to do it in front of people. I like this. Yeah, what up, yeah. everybody? Yeah, hey, it's awesome. How you guys doing? <laughs> We're going to open it up to a Q&A later. <laughs> we will shortly. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, man, grew up uh, in Wayland, Massachusetts. And so... Northeast guy, we were, you know, I was in the group Air. We were making very kind of like beachy music, which would fit in very perfectly with the vibes over here at Paragon. And, you know, that kind of took me into, we, you know, we had a really great time touring and going all around the U.S. and Canada and Europe and little South, not South America, Central America, which was awesome. And Paris too, right? You played Paris. We did play sure. Paris. Yeah. Which was fucking sweet. Um, <laughs> smaller show than you'd expect, but. But lively audience. I watched one of the videos like kind of recently from the Paris show. People were like pretty wild and out. Like Dude, they went they were crazy. stoked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, teenagers stoked on some music are the same teenagers anywhere in the world. They were fucking screaming and sweating and doing the whole thing. Um, but yeah, man. So about five years ago, the duo amicably split up. He's still my boy. We were together last weekend. Um, and, you know, been, been chasing this, uh, you know, the solo career. But it's always funny. Everyone's like, the solo shit sucks. You know, it's never the same as it once was. And, you know, I'm just trying to find my own path, make my own, make my own way out here. But you guys kind of caught me at a very transitional time. I'm actually putting a lot of the music that you guys are going to hear tonight, I'm kind of putting on the back burner for a little bit to focus on this kind of new reggae pop project that I just dropped called Surfer Girl, which I will play one of the songs for you guys tonight. It's awesome. Um, it's so good. But to be completely honest, actually, Nikki called me out about this earlier. He was like, play this one. I was like, I haven't practiced that shit. That's why I'm playing all the old stuff. And he was just like, yeah, all right, cool, bro. Okay. <laughs> you should know how to play your own music. But um, yeah, I mean, so now we're kind of, you know, waiting for all the backlog of all the tours that kind of are making up for the past year to kind of go through. And so 2022, I'll be back on the road and hopefully, I wonder where we'll end up in Boston. Maybe it'll be sure. Paragon. Maybe it'll be uh, 
House of Blues? I don't know. We'll see. Who knows, right? But I mean, I how does that feel? House of Blues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but how does that feel? Hopefully I mean, someone will open up for me. I mean, the other way around. I'll I'll get to open up for someone big. We'll yeah. See. But honestly, like just coming back to the fact that we're even doing a live event and looking around and everybody's out here. Like last time we spoke, we were a little on the fence about what live music and everything was going to look like, and like. Uh, it's here like we got an audience here this is awesome the fact that we're even out so how does that feel you know coming out of this whole thing it's great i mean you know i don't want to harp on how the last year was tough i mean for creatives it's been tough you know i mean i'm not the only person the past year has been tough on but yeah when you have no idea when you're gonna be able to do what it is the only thing that makes you money when you have no idea when that's gonna happen again next yeah that sends you down a little bit of a existential What's yeah. the word I'm looking for? Not crisis, but Not no, crisis. no, yeah, maybe no, an no. existential crisis. That could be it. Reflections. But reflections. It's a lighter way of putting it. Inner <laughs> reflections, which sucks because I've always done music and I always want to do music and I definitely don't want to stop doing music. But when the bills are racking up and you're not having any shows lined up, it's tough. It sucks. Um, yeah, for sure. So it's safe to say whole new lease on life. I'm fucking stoked. It's so great to be able to be, you know, just back with humans i don't know you know how it is and um how did the last year sort of take you musically directionally as well because we were alone sitting in our houses and your music since air till now is sort of this vibe of being around people and being in a public setting in the beach and being outside how difficult was it to make music aimed at a live show and yeah, about being around people. I mean, it's a tough question, right? Like, do you also the the split mindset of do I release this music that I've been working so hard on now because more people are on their phones and on the internet now than they've ever been, so maybe now's a good time to put music out. But at the same time, it's like you invest a lot of energy and time and money into creating music. That am I going to be able to make that money back by not being on the road? Um, but it's cool, actually. The the pandemic kind of you know, spawned the inception of the Surfer Girl project, which I just was kind of bored sitting alone at home, like you were saying. And I said, let me try and make some kind of different style of music. Let me see what a reggae pop kind of thing. Let me try that on. Let's see how that works. And it worked really well. It fit right. It felt really authentic and really good to me. And that kind of, you know, that's that's where we're at now. Just what prompted the change from Carter Reeves into Surfer Girl to change the whole identity? Well, well, let's be honest. I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, at first I started started the Surfer Girl project kind of more as not. A, I don't want to say a joke, but just kind of like no strings attached. Let's see what happens. Let's see where it goes. With the Carter Reeves project, you know, I've been working my ass off since 2015 trying to get some traction. It's hard to stand out. The internet is crazy. Everybody's shoving whatever they're working down like in your face every hour of the day and it's you know these days there's very fickle fans it's, it's not as easy to build those really strong relationships the way it once was easier and i know we've talked about like yeah we in talked the about youtube it recently. era yeah. and like oh, yeah. the early like 2011 2012 like there was felt like there was a lot more um solid relationships between fans and artists whereas now it's it's you know if you're not giving me the music that I want, cool. There's 15 other guys just like you who I can go listen to, which yeah. makes it a lot harder to stand out. So. I forgot if it's a weekly or a daily basis, but it, it's one of the two where there's 100,000 songs and projects dropped every yeah, day or every week, which definitely regardless not of which day. two, it's That'd ridiculous. I think it's like every week or every other week. Which Something is still crazy. insane. I mean, it's too much. Yeah, how do you how do you stand out when there's 100,000 people doing that at once? Yeah. Um, 
but you know, you gotta, you gotta make it work. So I think what, what was nice about this is I didn't have a team backing me on the Carter Reeves project for a long time. And I was kind of waiting for I'm getting a little hot here. Hey, <laughs> plug your ears. Um, but you know, now I kind of got the, the surfer girl project going, which there's a label backing me, which is huge and such a relief. And it's so nice to have, you know, an actual like team behind you who likes what you're doing and wants to put some money into it, wants to help promote, help you stand out in this world where it's impossible to stand out. So it's been good. It's been a positive, (laughs) thankfully a positive. Yeah. Well, everyone go check out Surfer Girl if you haven't yet. Hey, thanks. We're gonna yeah, play, it's super cool. Joyride especially. Has that's song, your jam? That's the one that I requested you. And yeah, I was like, I this song is like on my daily rotation. Like, I had no idea how to day. play it. You got to teach me how to play it, Nikki. <laughs> I don't even play guitar, but I, I will learn the song. That will be Sing the it. first one I learn. <laughs> Sing it. Right now. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't, they don't want that. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Speaking of switching into Surfer Girl, so what were your musical inspirations, reggae-wise, maybe indie pop-wise? Growing out of air, which was, I would consider you guys a rap group. You guys are a pop group, but I would really kind yeah. of consider you guys a rap group. Moving into indie rock is what I would kind of call you now. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, everything that the Paragon has been playing all night leading up to us interrupting your wonderful evening to just talk at each other. Um, there, this playlist has been wonderful. So, like, there's some old kind of rootsy reggae that they were playing, Willie Williams, Alton Ellis, like some super old guys, which I'm a big fan of. Um, but I don't know, I kind of grew up listening to Sublime and Slightly Stupid and throwing some Jack Johnson and then I kind of got into Kid Cudi and, and a whole lot more, just like a more well-rounded group of music and then that kind of, what, what brought me down that kind of like weird hip-hop singing, singing, hip-hop, rapping, rhythmic, melodic, you know, just trying to find that balance. Um, but I think after Air, I tried to really differentiate myself from what I was doing there. Um, and I definitely went down like the deep down like an indie rock surf pop kind of thing, which is a lot of fun. But there's definitely less shareability in that world, a whole lot less money swirling around that world. You know, not to say that's the reason, but I just wasn't, maybe I wasn't connecting with it as much. Maybe I wasn't as authentic as I want to be. So. And so do you, do you think adding the reggae element that you've sort of added now, almost going back, I don't want to say going back to air, but there was sure. certain reg- reggae elements in that music. And yeah. we talked about before on the podcast we had before, that was just, I don't think a lot of people know that, that was just you guys working together. It wasn't a big studio production. It oh, was we you guys grinding David's together. David's mom's so. basement in, uh, you know, Metro West area, just seeing what stuck. And that's what worked. Um Wait, what was the question? So, <laughs> is, is, do you think that that's just how, uh, like, that's your, at you at your most authentic is working in your re- reggae elements w- instead of singer songwriter? Sure, indie yeah. Pop music? I think there's a difference too because a lot of people are now learning this about how music is written, especially pop music. I mean, everybody's always known, but but it's a, becoming a lot more like widely accepted that like you got to credit the producers and the writers just as much as you have to credit the actual artist who's singing the song. And so when I move to California, I started doing sessions with tons and tons of different people. And so that's a lot of fun because you can work with really great writers or you can work with really great producers or all these different people. But the issue there is that maybe you start to lose what your sound is because you're working with 10 different people each week. And then it's like, well, where's the through line of this style? Um, You know, you hope that you as the artist is enough of a through line to be enticing but you know you end up with 15 songs that sound like they were made by 15 different people which 
so that's kind of what, what the Carter Reese project was for a long time. And then I kind of started to become a little more self-sufficient and kind of reel it in on my own and start to, you know, have my hands on everything, produce everything. Or even if I wasn't the sole person producing it, um, you know, I was pretty hands-on during the process versus just kind of like letting us each do our own thing. Um, so the Surfer Girl Project is actually the first thing I've ever done where it's completely written, produced, and mixed and put out on my own. So and, and it comes across to super authentic. Which yeah. Is, yeah, I absolutely. appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe that's just like self doubt or whatever for the longest time, where it's like, oh, my productions aren't good enough to be out and competitive and like can't be pitted up against other stuff. But sometimes you gotta take a leap of faith. Yeah, that's what. And it's working. About, yeah. We talked about that last time too, with just like the authenticity and like truly believing in yourself, yeah. making it work for yourself. You know, just I think if I do, like if if I don't want to sing this stuff on stage every night, thirty nights, yeah. you know, a month on tour, like then you're obviously that you're not doing the right thing if you cringe when you're writing or when you're singing right. your own songs. You like you want to be confident about it. You want to feel like it's coming from a place that you can connect with, not just. Oh, those are words I wrote that I don't even, you know, feel attached yeah, to. Yeah, if you don't believe it, it's going to be hard for anybody else to want to back it. With yeah. that said, you're going to hear a whole lot of stupid shit when I sing later. So, you know, with good <laughs> stuff, fun stuff, silly stuff, all that stuff, you know. But so. it's all authentic. But it's all from the heart. Very much so. Straight from the heart. Very much so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just coming back to like what you're doing now and, and you know, back in the day, I mean, a different like world. COVID is, it's, we, we talk about this a lot. It's like BCAD. Like we're going to look back at like the after COVID era, like things have like hit <laughs> no, very easily. It's like a historical era of like, man, like, all right, after COVID AC, like, but you know, obviously you were touring a lot before COVID in it, you know, like, yeah. So do you have some like funny stories you want to share with us? I'm just curious. Cause I'm sure like with all the dates you guys did, I'm sure there's a ton of wild <laughs> stuff. Some that you might not want to talk about, but some that you might want to mention. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> that one was like, was you know, something. funny, but PG, but didn't give too much away about I, th I think myself. it was in yeah. Florida. It was in Florida? Yeah, it's yeah. always in Down Florida. In a city always. in Florida. Always. It's yeah. always in Florida. Always. Um, <laughs> shit. Let's come back to the tour stories. I, I got to think of something. How about, something before, how about before you were getting into music, uh, were there any shows that were very instrumental in your career and your, you know, your realm of inspiration, like shows that you went to that you were like, well, this is awesome. I got a government keep, yeah. center, 2002, mighty, mighty Boston's. Really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're, you guys remember them? Ska? What is it? They, they're not, not Ska. Yeah. They're not Chumbo, uh, Tub Thump. No, that's Chumbawamba. <laughs> what were they? They were bum, 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 yeah, bum, yeah. bum, bum, one big song. It was something like that. Yeah, that was they so play on The impression that I get. Videos. That's what it's called. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. No, truly though, seeing them, they had horns on stage, they had guitars, they had drums. I was like five at the time, but I had a damn good time. Wow. The energy was crazy in the crowd, and I was just like, oh, this is something I could see myself doing. For sure, yeah. Absolutely. You wouldn't have thought my answer would have been Mighty Mighty Boss. <laughs> or, or, no. or from 2002. I did not think that yeah, the concert would be 2002. The date, the date really might not even off. be true. I was, I was not... How old did I say? Six? I wasn't six in 2002. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I didn't go to college. I'm bad at math, <laughs> man. It was pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Pre that's, that's how we revert to it. PC, yeah. yeah. 1975, yeah. pre-COVID, yeah. right? right? <laughs> but yeah, dude, I mean, uh, just, just seeing you grow in your career, because like for me personally, 
This is the fourth time we've been together in person because, like, I had seen you play like fourth? House of Blues. Yeah, four. I think. Oh, fourth. okay. House but of Blues. First time on like, a really like yeah, this yeah, okay. to this extent. First time Which, touching fourth, shoulders. Yeah. yeah, right. Quite literally. <laughs> when, when, and the when journey, man. I'm telling you, first time I think it was like maybe House of Blues. I can't remember. It's probably House of Blues. Then like I think Xfinity Center, Blue Hills Bank Pavilion, and then now to like get into where you are. It's been cool to see you in every stage of what you've been doing because it's always just been something so refreshing. On, that. on so many levels, musically, even marketing. We were talking about the YouTube algorithms. We were like, man, was, the air <laughs> era was like, you know, a gold mine. It was like something so huge for YouTube, you know? Yeah, that was a weird, it was a weird time to be coming up. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. But nonetheless, I mean, always a pleasure, and especially, you know, what you're working on now with Surfer Girl. Like, it, it's almost like, yeah, we're going full spectrum. Like, things are really like, you know, it, it's hitting its peak in a lot of ways. And like, you come full peak, circle. But, you know, for a while yes i don't know you guys remember how the world was obsessed with like sad boy rap for way too long (laughs) way too long and meanwhile i was the guy doing like feel good happy jams beach (laughs) jams and then yeah like there's there's a world for that but to, to to turn on the radio and just like hear all this really dark shit i think the pandemic brought people to you know like all right we're sick of this stuff let's let's hear some good vibes let's hear something that feels good something that's warm something that's happy some instrumentation good yeah yeah right maybe not just the same same old pattern over and over but so i think actually shout out to the dudes surfaces who are good great at what they do but they kind of started to usher in this new wave of feel good music which i think that people are really going to start connecting with again the way they were in the 90s. I mean, Sugar Ray, shout out Sugar Ray. Anybody shout remember Sugar Ray. Mark yeah, McGrath, sure. kind of an asshole. We're not co-signing Mark McGrath out here, but nonetheless, that music is dope. And like, you don't hear much feel-good music on, on pop radio as much anymore. So the hope is to uh, bring it back. Absolutely. And, and you're bringing the hope, man. I mean, all your stuff that you're working on right now, so solid. It is great vibes. Do you guys want to hear some great vibes tonight? You guys want to hear yeah. some? Yeah, let's hear it. Hell yeah. All right, Carter, if you're down for it, let's, hey, play, let, let's play some songs. If you're down to get up there, let's, let's do, do it. it. Yes, sounds good. Sweet. Wonderful. Awesome. Let's Onwards. Do it. Thank you, guys. We're yeah. Whole House. Whole House Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Whole House. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stress that enough. <laughs>